We believe that the potential for people to do something amazing has everything to do with being in the right role, on the right team, at the right time. On the Greenhouse What's Your Why podcast, we're celebrating talent acquisition team members, individuals who are dedicated every day to helping others unlock that potential. Join me, Ariana Moon, Director of Talent Acquisition at Greenhouse, as I sit down with talent professionals to discover their motivation, inspiration, and journey through today's world of work. Today, I'm talking to Brandy Bergstrom, the head of talent at Hartex. Prior to Hartex, Brandy was the first talent hire at Netlify, where she established the recruiting team. She's been in the talent space for over 20 years, working across large and small organizations within the technology and healthcare spaces, with a passion for building great recruiting teams within technology startups. Brandy and I will chat about the ethical role of talent acquisition, culture ad versus culture fit, and the ways in which her why has evolved over time. Please welcome Brandy Bergstrom. I'm really excited to chat with you today, Brandy. How's it going? It's going good, Ariana. Thank you so much for having me today. So in an earlier conversation that you and I had recently, you mentioned that you love working virtually. And so what's something that you have time to do now that you didn't in the past when you, for example, had to commute? Oh, yeah. There are a lot of them. I love having a home office. You just shut the door and and you're done Mm -hmm. with work. No commute. The one thing, though, that I think is the number one is, especially now that days are getting longer, I get to take extended hikes during the work week with my dog. So we get to go to the nature trails nearby and just decompress after a work day, listen to the birds and just kind of be out in nature and, and say goodbye to the day that way. Yeah, I love that. Say goodbye to the day. I think being connected to the outdoors and nature is really important given the virtual worlds that we work in. Yeah. Let's pivot a little bit and talk a little bit about you and your experience so far in kind of the TA world. So I know that you recently started a new job. Congratulations. Maybe we can start off chatting about how that's going so far. It's great. I have changed positions. I took a little time off and started a new position as the head of talent at a company called Hartex. We are a machine learning artificial intelligence company. So we at Hartex know that machine learning is and going to fundamentally change how we live and work. And in response to those changes, Hartex's products basically enable our customers and a community, because we do have an open source product as well, our community to build the most accurate machine learning models, which is a huge competitive advantage to our community and our customers. So it's very exciting to be in a a new technology space and working on a product that has definitive impact out there in the world. That sounds really exciting from the product perspective of what HeartX does, as well as the opportunity to kind of build a team. Yeah. What brought you into the hiring space and, you know, whether you would say it was a straight line or a windy road? So a lot of us who have been in the talent space for a while now, more than a hot minute, like a lot of people, I fell into it. So I was in college and I met this great person and we really hit it off. She recruited me to come and work at her agency. And the rest is kind of history. I mean, it was 20 plus years ago that I got into the talent space. It's been a journey and talent is very different than it was back then. 
But one thing that is kind of unique to the talent space that I say didn't necessarily bring me into recruiting, but has kept me in recruiting is that it's one of the few professions where our core responsibility is to learn about people's professional experience, what they've done, what they want to do, and also what they don't want to do. And then also what truly inspires them. So we get to learn about people on a day-to-day. That variation and, and that sort of nothing surprises me. You hear a news story every week or multiple news stories every week has really kept me sort of in the talent space. But I think something that's really exciting about the talent space is a lot more people are choosing to go into recruiting. They're not just falling yeah. into it. So I think that we're going to see an exponential sort of impact in the quality of talent because people are choosing this profession and really treating it as a craft, not just a job. For sure. I really like that. I also really liked what you said about learning about people's career pathways, what they want to do, what they don't want to do. I do think that's one of the really cool things about being in recruiting. You get to kind of experience the choices that people have made throughout their career, the lessons that they've learned and how they've applied that and what that's resulted in in their careers. And kind of having visibility into that is a really cool thing. It absolutely is. And you mentioned you've been in the space for 20 plus years. So I've been curious to hear from you something that you've learned along the way throughout those 20 plus years that you wish you could have learned earlier that maybe you can pass on to our audience as wisdom. <laughs> well, I have been at this a while. I have lots of lessons that I've learned, and I don't think we have enough time to go through all of them. But what I would say is, can I break it down into two really big overall lessons? Sure. Okay. So I think one overall sort of umbrella lesson is that you can't say yes to everything. There's a lot of pressure in talent to say yes to everything because mm -hmm. we have so many different customers and we have so many people that we interact with and they all kind of want something from us, something different, but you can't say yes to everything. And so what I mean by that is there are so many spinning plates that we have to keep spinning, right? You can't have any plates falling and crashing and breaking, right? So one of the things that I think is incredibly important is realizing that everything can't be a priority zero. Because mm -hmm. priority actually is a singular word. You have <laughs> to learn how to strategically prioritize for results. And what are the key results that you're driving towards? Then on top of that, because things are constantly changing in talent, you have to reprioritize them for whatever shifting results that you're trying to achieve. And if you can do that really, really well, I think you would find that more of your work becomes proactive versus reactive. And so that's a beautiful space to be in is if you can be proactively driving towards results instead of like responding to them because things just are more urgent when you're reactive. And then I would say the second thing that's incredibly important is make sure you're doing everything possible to build the best candidate experience that you can. If a candidate has a great experience, it's so much easier to kind of seal the deal at the end than trying to like fix things that weren't done right, answer questions that you could have answered in the first two calls along the way. Taking the candidate into consideration, I think, is if you're doing that really, really well, you'll find that your job as a talent professional is much easier. 
Yeah, such such great takeaways. The first one around the, you know, we're very often tempted to be yes people, but it's really important to be clear on what must be done now. How should we prioritize? Um, and that second piece being candidate experience, which is something that we're continuously talking about in the TA industry. How do you elevate that, especially in a virtual world? And I'd love to drill into that a little bit more. So when you think about building the best candidate experience possible, can you share a little bit about how you've been able to enable that in the past? Yeah, I'm incredibly passionate about the candidate experience. I think that it's not just like, oh, so it drives to better results. You know, these are your future colleagues, or if you're working for an agency, these are people that you might have lasting relationships with and treating them well is incredibly important. What we do for a living is part of who we are. And us in the talent space kind of have almost an ethical responsibility to to treat people well. So starting off from a position of empathy is putting yourself in other people's shoes. Look at the entire talent process from the absolute beginning, like the careers page and, and how the how future job seekers or future employees come and look at the, the careers page and experience that. What does the application process look like? All of that. Keep that entire process in mind. How do they experience the interview process from beginning to end? Be more descriptive and in-depth than you think you need to be. And what I mean by that is all of us don't data dump what's in our brain to other people we are interacting with especially candidates. They might be interviewing at multiple places. They might be comparing two opportunities. And so when you give more than two, actually, in this job market, to be really honest, the more information you can give them, the better. And then what happens along the way when you're doing that is you're probably answering questions that they didn't know they had. And they are kind of experiencing the entire job, who they're going to work with, how are they going to work with people, all of those questions. So they can kind of see themselves in the position and in the company more than just that surface level if you're not taking mm-hmm. the candidate experience into mind. Yeah, that ethical piece that you bring up is quite fascinating. And that sense of responsibility that you have as a recruiter to provide that positive experience. I think a lot of the times, maybe recruiters early in their career might approach recruiting like a numbers game, like it's a funnel. It's just about getting you know folks to convert from one stage to another. But I do think that the best interview processes are the ones that are differentiated because of the human that you bring into the interview experience. Kind of the things that you were saying around being very communicative, exercising empathy, assuming that you don't know everything about them based on what they say. And so I think that piece that you mentioned about recruiters do have a big responsibility to treat the candidates the way that they want to be treated is a really important thing. So it is a candidate's market right now, kind of to your point that most candidates probably have more than two offers at the end of the interview process in hand. So it's even more important to lean into that candidate experience part. Yeah, absolutely. That transparency is so key. And it's interesting. Our work is very tactical a lot of the time. And Mm. it's hard to keep that destination in mind about the candidate. If you think about the candidate experience, overall, a great experience, regardless if you hire that person or not, right? They could be future customers. They could refer other people. I've had both of those things happen. And 
that adage is true. If somebody has a really bad experience, they'll probably tell 20 people. If somebody has a good experience, they'll tell five. And so which one would you prefer? So I think that's incredibly important. And also, the more thorough you can be on the candidate experience is you are kind of building out a little bit of their onboarding experience through the interview process. And so the more you can educate them along the way, be transparent, you're actually creating the building blocks that will let somebody thrive in a position as opposed to just like, okay, I interviewed and I got the job and then coming on board and now the learning starts. The learning can start during the interview process and a good candidate experience will do that. Right. That consistency between the interview process and the onboarding process, that's such an important thing because, you know, you don't want to just sell the dream. And then, you know, when they join the company, the dream isn't there. You want that continuity of, you know, this is the job and here are the expectations and that, that those expectations are the same as articulated in the interview process and then the onboarding process to really set them up for success. Another big part of candidate experience is also about showcasing your company's culture in your interview process. I'd love to hear your thoughts about how to do that in an effective way. Oh, gosh, this is like one of our most important jobs in the talent space is to help reveal to candidates who, if you're working in-house, who you are as a company, or if you're working as an agency, who is the company that you're presenting the candidate to, educating them, illustrate what the company does, what their values are, how do you live your values at the company, what does the day-to-day look like. That broader picture, not just the values, not just what's written on the careers page, that broader picture is your company culture. Making sure that is educated also along the interview process is incredibly important. It's not just one person's responsibility to do the culture interview, right? That is everyone's responsibility because everybody kind of looks at the day-to-day, the norms, how things get done, the values of the company. People emphasize certain values over others. I think it's really important to have everybody sort of touch on that. And then what happens through the interview process when you do that well, a candidate gets a multi-dimensional picture of the culture Mm -hmm. and what the company is like. I do have to say, because we've said the word culture many, many times, I think culture is a loaded term. And I I don't mean to be inflammatory. We're not we're not starting a debate here. But when we use the term culture, I kind of think we should use it with air quotes and think of it more as like a culture complement. I hear their term culture add a lot as opposed to culture fit. And I know it sounds really like we're splitting hairs here. But a culture complement suggests that somebody could be slightly different from you or different from you in a lot of ways, but they're a complement to the organization as opposed to a fit. And that term culture fit, I just feel has like a homogenous sort of ring to it where complement has this much more sort of broad, accepting, sort of inclusive tone to it. And I think that that's incredibly important. I think that you can do a lot with that overall candidate experience, exposing the company culture and empathy into that picture. And there are many times I think that I've done a good job and it's come back in my favor. I think in the long run, you'll, you'll probably be 
better off taking the time and the effort to make sure everybody touches on culture. Yeah, I really agree with you. It is not just one person's responsibility for to quote test for culture in the culture interview, which I know a lot of companies do in an effort to be deliberate about showcasing and assessing for values that align with how they operate. And I think there's really interesting conversation happening in our industry about it. it's a shared responsibility. So it's not just that there's only one place in the interview process where something like this is tested. I really like that. Completely agree. Time for a quick break. Hi, we're AppCast. We provide recruitment advertising technology and services for talent acquisition teams across the globe. We're a pioneer of programmatic job advertising, which means we use data, software, and algorithms to help you increase engagement with qualified candidates by showing people the right job ads at the right time, in the right place. Bottom line, if you have a long list of open recs or you're responsible for high volume recruitment and hiring, we're here to help. And because we're a bunch of data nerds, we're constantly digging into our data to share insights and best practices that will help you attract more qualified talent and better navigate our constantly shifting labor market. For example, our research shows that words associated with gender stereotypes can unconsciously influence the jobs for which people apply. Check your job ads to find out if you're using gender-coded terms and see how you can consider replacing any potentially biased language with our alternative suggestions to make your job ads appeal to more candidates using our free AppCast Gender Bias Decoder. This tool highlights gender-coded terms and offers alternative wording to remove potential bias from your job ads. To access the AppCast Gender Bias Decoder, just head over to appcast.io and visit the resource dropdown. While you're there, be sure to check out our 2022 Recruitment Marketing Benchmark Report for more expert job ad tips. Welcome back. Here's more of my conversation with Brandy Bergstrom from Hartex. I also really like culture compliment. I haven't heard that before. I hear culture ad quite a bit. I just kind of had this thought of like, when lots of people are having the culture conversation with candidates, candidates are getting this really great picture. It's a wonderful candidate experience, but it's also a really great interview experience internally when you think about it, because you're now seeing a candidate in multitudes as opposed to just the candidate evaluating the opportunity. You're also evaluating the candidate in a different way because I'm not encouraging, by the way, the same interview questions asked by every single person, but when everyone sort of takes a similar vein in terms of culture complement, you're actually seeing the person in many different lights. And that's a more complete picture of the candidate. And then you can contrast and compare who is the best fit because you know you've evaluated candidates kind of along the same lines, but you also have a complete picture of who they are. Yeah. Getting as full of a picture possible, I think, is something you have to be very deliberate about in what you ask. You know, we've been talking about culture, a little bit about candidate experience for some time now. I'm wondering if there are any stories that come front of mind for you when you think about these topics. 
What does it look like in practice to create that great experience to kind of showcase culture to be transparent in your process? Absolutely. I like to call them boomerang candidates. When you have a really good experience, there's two things. We alluded to it earlier where the candidate, it had a good experience, but maybe you passed on them because they weren't the right fit for the role at the time, given particular needs for the position, and they come back. Those are boomerangs. But also they refer other people. When they have a really good experience and you you give them a start to finish experience that's filled with respect and transparency, they're more likely to refer other people because they had a positive experience. But one example I can think of a boomerang candidate was we were interviewing this engineering manager candidate for a obviously position in in a supervisory role. And she was amazing. She was absolutely amazing. The scorecards that came back, because yes, we were using Greenhouse. And the scorecards that were coming back were just really, really wonderful. But kind of midway through the interview process, she conveyed to me that she had decided to no longer pursue the opportunity. And we were really, really, really disappointed. And I could have gone the hard sell and try to push her into finishing the interview process. But when we lead with empathy, we hear the person, we hear their feelings. And so I completely respected her decision. I didn't want to alienate her in the off chance that we could continue on a relationship. And maybe a few months later, she she might have decided to revisit the conversation. We might have another opportunity for her again. So I completely heard her when I said, you know, I understand. Uh, we would love to keep in touch. And lo and behold, about nine months later, she kept in touch. She reached back out. She actually decided to make a career change. And so she had mentioned she had applied to a new role. And I immediately pulled all of the information from the applicant tracking system, Greenhouse, and reached out to the hiring manager and said, you've got to talk to this person. They are amazing. We really love them. They interviewed for a completely different position and they're making a career change. I strongly suggest you have a conversation. They had a conversation and another conversation. And ultimately, we had gone on to hire her and in a new role. So that is what it is like to treat candidates well, give them a positive experience, explain the company culture so much so when she was ready to make a career change, she came to our site looking for a new opportunity and she found it. And so I know it's like a saying, but it really was a win-win for everybody, you know. So. We're really happy to have her come back and, and interview with us and, and ultimately land the position. What a fantastic story. I think it's also a good reminder that recruiting is not short term. I know a lot of the times recruiters can be very much focused on, oh my God, I got to fill this rack that I have open today. But your story is a really good example about if you prioritize creating great experiences instead of trying to close a role as fast as possible you can have these boomerang situations that ultimately help your business succeed. It's a little bit like a, a sprint and a marathon. Mm -hmm. um, so you, you have to pick and choose which one you're taking. And when you see a great candidate and somebody who, who aligns well with your organization and you know that like it might not work out right now, keep them in your, in your sights along the way because you never know when they might be ready to come back and, and have another conversation. Totally. What is it about what you do today that gets you excited to dial into work every morning? I have to say my previous position, I was initially hired as an IC. The role was very different 
than what it ended up being, like a, like a lot of jobs, especially in the technology startup space. So I have to express gratitude to my former co-founders for giving me the opportunity to build out a talent function basically from the ground up. Instead of being an IC, I ended up leading the team. The team and I built out all the operations, the structured interview process, documentation, you name it. We did it from soup to nuts. One of the things that I think made me really prepared for the position, though, was not just my ability to fill positions, that tactical sort of recruiter, fill rec mindset and methodology, but also I had a lot of interest in the operational side of talent and Mm -hmm. the steps and the sort of structure that you build, the foundation that you create to create repeatable processes that are more efficient than like basically recreating the wheel every time the same situation comes up, right? So when you have a nice operational foundation, it it sets a great way to quickly move through steps than if you're just working from the tactical sort of standpoint. So I think that that was definitely what created a situation where I could step into a leadership role, guide a team, manage a team, help create structure where there really wasn't one. And I would say if you're going to move into a position where you are interested in leading a recruiting function, especially in a smaller company, understanding how to balance the operational, strategic, and the tactical for maximum impact, and then recreating sort of those reprioritizations along the way as they happen. Because you're kind of, and I know this is an adage that gets used a lot, but you're kind of building the plane while you're flying it. And so things are going to constantly be shifting. And then when you go from 100 people to 200 people, those are different organizations. And so mm-hmm. being flexible and malleable and just kind of keeping those pillars of talent acquisition in your mind and keep chugging forward and reevaluating how talent is focused, what goals they're working on. I think is is something that recruiting leaders will be really successful if they continue to focus on those things. I would say I personally have a deep need to be in a role where I can work across a lot of different aspects of talent acquisition. So I would be really sad if I didn't have that operational piece, you know, building out metrics dashboards or optimizing the the tools that we use, right? Looking at new technologies to make our job easier. All of those operational sort of things. I would be really sad if I didn't have that opportunity. Also that strategic piece, as well as I still like to keep my hands really, really dirty and I like to have recs. And so I think a smaller organization is pretty much my sweet spot. And one of the reasons I did take my role at Hartex was that basically wash, rinse, and repeat what I had done at my previous company again, but this time taking the learnings from my previous job and applying it to this one. So I think that that is something that gets me excited. And yes, even sometimes I, you know, walk into my office on the weekend and be like, I want to work on that certain thing and make it really better. But I still always have that thrill of the fill. So having requisitions is, is really exciting. I do think that there is something very magical in working with candidates and hiring teams. And when you can find 
a great candidate where the role that you have for them is their next exciting step in their own career journey. And then you can match that with your hiring team when both parties are incredibly excited to work together. There's just something, again, like there's magic in that. So much, so much packed in there. What I heard was the breadth of your role is something that's really interesting to you. The operations piece, keeping your hands in in the actual recruiting piece, partnering with different different folks across the organization. I also heard scaling. There's when you're scaling, nothing ever stays the same. So all those areas that you know you talked about, they can look different a quarter a quarter later, two quarters later. When you go from, let's say, a 100-person company to a 200-person company. I also liked the term a lot, thrill of the fill. I think a lot of people in the TA space will very much identify with that because that is a special moment, not just for the hiring manager and the candidate, but to your point, for the recruiter or the TA professional involved as well, when you can kind of enable that match. Very much agree with you there. I have a final question for you. If there was one thing that you'd want our audience to take away about why you think it's exciting to be in the TA space today, what would that be? Oh, that's kind of an easy question to answer. I would say recruiting is at the nucleus of it all. It is one of the few roles or few organizations inside of a company that you can have this level of impact to the organization. You can touch a ton of different departments. You get to work with all types of levels. You get to work with ICs who interview candidates all the way up to executives. If you're working in a really small organization, you're working on strategy, you you often have a a seat at the executive table to talk Mm -hmm. about planning and, and hiring strategy and organizational planning and things like that. So It is one of these roles, if you're looking for broad impact and the ability to look back and say, I was part of building this company, recruiting is it. People are the product in a lot of organizations. Without the people, there is no product. And recruiting is at the nucleus of finding those people. So it's a role where you get to maximize your impact along levels and along the organization. Yeah, I can't agree more. I think another aspect of that that has personally been really interesting for me is when you are the nucleus of it all, you get so much visibility into how different teams work. Many years ago, when I first started at Greenhouse, much more junior in my career, didn't really have a great sense of what recruiting best practice looked like. The one thing that I did know that I wanted to make sure of was, you know, I asked my manager at that time, can I not be siloed to recruiting for one department? Because there's so much for me to learn. And, you know, we're a startup at that time. So I did have the opportunity to kind of like plug into many different kinds of departments and over, over the years support recruiting for all departments at Greenhouse. And that in and of itself was just such an educational process because you can talk to hiring teams. You learn what hiring managers are looking for. Often what they're looking for is connected to really important projects for the business. And you get a big picture of like, wow, we're all working together towards these goals and here's how we're accomplishing it. And also feel that you have a part to play in helping recruit the right people. It is. It is one of the roles. And as your career progresses, 
you know, even if you are in a larger organization, you know, as Greenhouse scaled for you, you might recruit for sales, but nothing saying that you can't move over to product or nothing saying mm-hmm. you can't move over to engineering or other parts of GNA or the go-to-market organization. And so it becomes an incredibly valuable skill set that your knowledge you can carry over to different teams. And again, kind of bringing us full circle, I would say that your understanding of the organization is integral to the candidate experience. You understand the organizational makeup, Mm -hmm. you understand how departments work together. It is a way to keep that candidate experience in mind when you, you share your knowledge from a different department. And, you know, this is how marketing and sales works together. This is how product and engineering works together. We're at the center of it all. And mm-hmm. when we share that knowledge with candidates, it, it creates a better candidate experience. Well, I feel like there's no better place to end than that, us being the center of it all. <laughs> um, so thank you so much for your time today, Brandy. That was really wonderful to hear your experience and how it's changed and grown throughout your 20 plus years so far in the TA space. Thank you so much, Brandy. And thank you to all of our listeners. Please take time to rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Find out how to hire for what's next by visiting us at greenhouse.io. Special thanks to our production partner, Wonder Media Network. Our producers are Brittany Martinez and Alana Herlins, and our production assistant is Sarah Schleed. Our greenhouse producer is Marnie Williams. Until next time. <laughs>